Right on radio. Right on radio. Hey, welcome to Right on Radio. That's right, we're in a joyous mood today. And it's hard to believe that we are because of all the things that have happened in the last 24 hours. Uh, but God is good. God is supreme. As we were just praying before we came on, Jesse, we acknowledge the fact that we are fighting in a war that already has a predetermined outcome. That's right. We've won. We are victorious in the Lord Jesus Christ in that battle and the war. So. Okay. So this is too weird, Jesse. So we were talking last night, we were going back and forth of what to do, what not to do on today's show. We probably had about four or five uh, ideas, but God has clearly steered uh, this particular program in a, in a definitive way. And we're going to do that. But I did not know I was going to say what we just did on air or in that prayer uh, this morning. And, yeah. and I was going to do a graphic this morning for you on one of your notes. Right. And you know, the reason why I didn't get it done. And I actually created a different graphic <laughs> instead <laughs> and I think it actually goes exactly with what we just said in the prayer. And and I'll give you a hint, Jesse, so you know what's coming. I had that uh, wide awake vision when we were texting back and forth yesterday, right. and you said it was significant. Yeah. So I actually made a graphical representation of that. Wow. But we've got some headlines we're going to do right before it gets into the show, and uh and what's amazing is the clip that I have pulled uh, has nothing to do with the show. And then right before going on air, it has everything to do with the show. That's right. Everything. It was so funny how God coordinated all this today. Like, it was like he, he made it very clear where we were supposed to go with this. And and so I'm literally sitting with this video file open on my desktop, and Jesse says these words, which you'll hear in a moment, and uh, and it's all going to make sense. Uh, so I'm going to play this, then we'll get into some headlines, and then we're going to get into the main topic, which will tie back in to this video that I'm about to uh, play for you. Uh, and if you're just listening on uh, Podbean, it's only the words that matter in this. Uh, you don't need the pictures. The words tell the entire story of this video. And it's uh, it's something that was shared on our uh, Right On Radio Telegram page. Uh, but I think it's very interesting, and it has to do with the music business. I was the manager of Zodiac Productions which Zodiac Productions' name's been changed since then. I'm not even sure what to call it now, but it's the largest music conglomerate in the world. It owns RCA Records, Columbia Records, Motown Records, owns almost all the concert booking agencies in the United States. And that's not even the, the name of the company that owns it. The name of the company that owns it is Brenner Enterprises, and Brenner Enterprises is owned by Chase Manhattan. Chase Manhattan's owned by Standard Oil, and Standard Oil's owned by the Lords of London. You can track it on back. You kind of get the idea after a while. But I was the managing president of Zodiac Productions. It's one of my jobs as being one of these 13 people. Thus, I got to know 
many of the people who produce music and sing the music and play the music that you play. Now, one of the closest friends that I got during that time that I obtained was a man named David Crosby. I said, David, I'd like to ask you a couple questions. I said, I already know the answers, but I've been gone for five years. I'd like to know if certain things are still the way they were when I left. I said, do they still take the master to the temple room? David said, yeah. I said, do they still have the colon conjure demons into the master? He said, of course. I said, now, i got to know something. What's the main reason for rock music? He said, the same as when you were in, so that we can play spells on people that we couldn't cast spells upon. The master is a tape about as big as the top of this podium that looks like an overgrown 8-track that the album is cut on and is placed in a machine that produces and presses the records and the 8-tracks and cassettes that you buy. After it's been recorded, it's taken in. This is why a master's cut months in advance before it's released. On the full moon, it's taken in to a temple room about the size of this auditorium that is in every one of the major music companies behind locked doors up in the executive office. And it's placed on an altar sitting in the north of the room and a pentagram engraved in the floor. And 13 hand-chosen witches and witch wizards and a coven come in and conjure a principality or a power-up, usually Regia or something like that, and order him to tell the demons under him to follow every record and every tape coming off of that master. I said, okay, one last thing. I've been hearing that you must be an initiated witch now to get a record contract. He said, that's right. He said, many of us that weren't total witches have to be witches now in order to produce music. I was the manager, so... Jesse, and I didn't even realize, but there are some other things that tie in, like the North Wall. Yes, that's exactly where we're going today. We're going to have a great that conversation is... about the altar and the North Wall. You can't make this stuff up. <clears throat> All right. So just a couple other uh, news items that just really caught my eye, and I want to point out some things, and I, I think they'll probably tie into this somehow as well. Um, the Christian Post is reporting that over 100 colleges, Christian colleges, have ties to Planned Parenthood. Wow, that's huge. So think about all that. I don't know, to me, it. I think of the, you know, the breeder programs or the intentional um impregnation of of girls that you know that campus is a time with the frat parties everything that's going on you end up with all these young girls pregnant and then they encourage the abortion and and they, they also have internships uh where people can go from intern uh into there to get their community hours uh they have them on as board of advisors uh and you know it's it's not good folks i'm telling you uh we are the church now um it's it's not right on radio it's you the listener and your fellow listeners and jesse and i because when we get together uh we're praising god we're acknowledging his kingship his lordship and uh everything that goes with it okay another item and this is just a more of a public service announcement uh, that was sent to me by Selah. <laughs> and uh, 
you know, everyone's a little bit uh, worried about doing the tests and some people have to do the tests now for the Rona. So there's actually a home Rona test you can do. And it's, uh, well, you have to buy some ingredients, I guess, but uh, it's it's something that uh, that you can do. Now, it's a little bit unorthodox, Jesse, and I'm not suggesting you do this. It's just a public service announcement for you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now I'm scared. At first, I was like, well, this might be handy, like if you're sick and you really want to know, but you don't want to go into the ER well, well no, no. So that, kind that, I'm kind of scared. No, no, don't. <laughs> well, it, it, so it ends with the, the, the being a little bit nervous, but I'll you'll understand okay. in a minute. Um, so one of the things is if you get the Rona, you lose your smell and your and your taste, right? So, right. Um, and because there's a very st- succinct smell and taste here, that's why you have to use this particular ingredient. So what oh. you do is you open a can of beer and you smell it. And if you can smell the beer, you can drink it to see if you can taste it. (laughs) And if you can taste it and smell it, it confirms you do not have the Rona. Now, now here's, here's, here's the, the downside of it, I guess. Well, it it could be an upside depending on how you look at things. Could so be an upside. I mean, you you can go back for a second, third, fourth, fifth opinion, you know, just to make sure, I guess. I don't know. Well, see, that's what happens. And this is what happens if it gets out of control. So what the note says is last night, I did the test 19 times and all were negative. Tonight, okay. I'm going to do the test again because this morning I woke up with a headache and feeling like I'm coming down with something. Yeah, I mean, I mean <laughs> you know... Well, we'll encourage people, if you do this Rona test, you know, please just limit yourself to the one or the two, you know, the second opinion. Don't, don't, you don't need to go further than that. You know, we'll just leave it there. <laughs> Maybe make some chowder with it or something, you know, the <laughs> using it and cooking the alcohol dissipates. So. So there's also a story that came out that uh, really didn't get any notice. Um, I've done some initial looking into it, and there seems to be some truth to this story. And we've been talking about there's a uniparty. There's not a left and a right. That's just a that's really just a a mind game for you. And well, well uh, no, there is a left and a right. You just don't aren't interpreting it according to the way it should be interpreted. Yes. The yin and the yang, the black and the white, you know, the left hand path, the right hand path. You've got to choose when you're in the system, when you do magic. Yeah. Yeah. And, and listen, and by the way, uh, blue and red, (laughs) notice how they're, those specific colors are for our parties. Yep. Yep. Right. It's very significant. And and by the way, it's the same in the United States as it is in Canada. There's blue and then there's red. That's right. Yeah. Which one's really controlling it, Jesse? Is that red or the blue? Well, it was the red, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So this is uh this comes from a blog post and uh it actually shows some uh, I'm not gonna put it on screen, but it actually shows some evidence and it's posted on right on radio uh, telegram channels 
but the blog post is from uh, what's called Anger Fan. So that's A A N G I R F A N. And the story is essentially, you know, all these uh, rising stars in the uh, the right party, let's say in the Republicans, uh, they all were part of a talent agency owned by a Jewish businessman. And uh, so the, the star witness uh, for Rudy Giuliani, the when he was doing the court mm-hmm. meetings and stuff like that, Melissa Caroni, uh, she's a she's an actress. She's wow. one of these uh, disaster actresses. But some of the no some of the names uh, really get interesting. Uh, Lauren Bobert, uh, who's like a congressperson. Wow. Explore Talent is the name of the talent agency. Explore Talent. Um, oh, here's one. Candace Owens. Wow. Explore Talent. Hey, Charlie Kirk. Mm. Huh. Don't they work together? Yeah, I think they do. Huh. And uh, there's a guy named S- Scott Pressler who is a conservative influencer. Explore talent. Um, Oh, here. Ann Coulter. Mm. Interesting, right? Yeah. Uh, So here's a a couple shockers. Majorie Taylor Greene. Hmm. Um, another name that you might recognize, but it, it, this is, this is going to throw people off. Kristen Cinema. Wow. Mm. And then it goes into some other countries and stuff like that. But uh, listen, it's it's all it's all tied to Hitler. <laughs> it's when you go all down the list, yep. it's it's crazy. So uh, diggers, you might want to look into explore talent and look up that uh, particular post yeah. um, i wonder if it's connected to smart schools you know ted gunderson used to say that all uh finders went to smart school so you know mm. just gonna put it out there might be a connection so uh, two other stories just really quickly um uh, the military is planning an exercise in uh, north carolina uh, you know, it's an exercise in case they had to take down an illegitimate government. Oh, that kind of exercise. That may happen once you know, or twice in history. You never know. Well, it's happening in Kazakhstan Dan, right now. You know, it's happened in Myanmar. It's happened uh, in a few places. So, you know, uh, things. But but yet, uh, when I tie that in, Jesse, you sent me a research project last night, and uh, I started decoding some of our military departments and I think we're going to have to do a whole show on that. (laughs) Yeah. And the operations, everything, you know, I just haven't got that far yet. So thank you to the individual who sent me that video, but um, you know, it's important. And, you know, I've been teaching the, how to read the decals and the sigils, you know, and how to interpret those. So this just gives people more to interpret and see how deep it goes. 
Yeah, we'll we'll do a show on it. I think it's really important. And uh, and by the way, an upcoming show, we were going to include it in today's show because I was so excited yesterday, Jesse, sending me all this information on what we're going to cover today. And I realized we can actually ruin America's favorite pastime. We could. <laughs> it wouldn't be everybody's favorite anymore. <laughs> no, it won't be. So a uh, spoiler alert. Uh, we're going to be talking about diamonds today, and what game is played on a diamond? Baseball, softball. Mm-hmm. Folks, yeah. got to get out of the Roman Coliseum. That's right. T- all right, it so let me just share my screen. Oh, speaking of illegitimate governments um, and that military exercise, that also reminds me of a story that is coming out uh, right now that everyone's kind of excited about, that uh, the acting Pedotus, Joey B, uh, his approval rating right now is 33%, and that's supposed to be significant somehow. I, you know, I mean, I wonder if that's connected to the 33, you know, degree will take off the little slash and the other little circle. I wonder if it has to do with the Masonic 33rd degree, you know, I but wonder. I mean, last time I checked, I think he was a little above that. So, you know, maybe he got a downgrade. I'm not sure. Or maybe they just don't want to acknowledge he's higher than that. That could be. Well, his mental capacity is certainly diminished. So, <laughs> but they like to do that, you know, when they don't want people talking or, or sharing secrets of their brethren you know, they just conveniently send them to one of the hospitals. You know, I could name two uh, big ones, you know, one in Rochester, Minnesota, and the other in Massachusetts, near, you know, close to Boston area. Um, but they like to send them there and, you know, hook them up to some electrodes and, and do some electromagnetic reconnecting and you know, they tell them it's not harmful. It doesn't hurt anything. They just, you know, they just won't remember it, you know, so it's all good in the end, you know, they're kind of like little babies that just need a lot of care and direction and they can't follow <laughs> directions, but if you direct them, they can go in that direction. <laughs> well, what's interesting to me, Jesse, about this particular story and it's 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 just like honestly i'm only putting this together as we speak right now uh but one of the things in that uh that video that you sent me to watch yesterday was they talk about the difference between the 32nd and the 33rd and the difference is you go from frozen water to melting water or to just unfrozen water because the sunlight uh, it comes on and it illuminates and essentially yeah. turns ice into water. Right. So ha- having said that, let me uh, pull up the graphic that I wasn't supposed to do, but I ended up doing. And we'll just describe this for anyone who is uh, looking. That's the all-seeing eye with a bunch of radiant light coming out of it. And literally Jesse and I were texting back and forth and I saw this in front of my face, but what I saw happen was this. So take a look at that picture. See the radiant light going out from around it. Yep. 
So that's the false light, right? Right. Then God's light shines in and the false light disappears. That's what I was trying to talk about the other day. The false light absolutely disappears. So just imagine having a little puny uh, flashlight and shining it on the ground and then someone puts on a floodlight. Your little circle from your flashlight is going to disappear, right? Yep. So that is... analogy. Uh, and so what was important about that, Jesse, that you saw? I think we were, well, we were talking about, I think, the access of energy and... Uh, you know, in those last days in Revelations, it, it talks about that we no longer will need light. So I was talking about how, you know, the way that our eyes perceive now, we perceive that light from the outside, you know, that there's, it's like it reflects off of our eyes and there's this, but it's this, the source is from outside of us reflecting back out. So like we receive it and then reflect it back out. But what Revelations is telling us is that no longer will we need that light because the Lord is our light. Mm -hmm. And when we think of that in relation to our spiritual connection with him, our bodies are that temple where he dwells with us. So it's like instead of receiving light from the outside and reflecting back, we literally that light is just shining and going forth. So our perception is going to change. It's not a, you know, receive and reflect anymore. Literally, it's going to be that light we're going to see from the light that is shining from within and out. So. Incredible. And, uh, well, diamonds refract light extremely well. They do. And I'm excited because this, we're going to, you know, it's taken a couple of years to get here, Jeff, you know, just because there's so many complications <clears throat> to explaining things and we're finally at that brink. I'm going to say, you know, I'm going to go out of the box and say that this episode is going to be that breaking point where we, you know, we've been at that surface level, but today we're going to start going diving down under the iceberg Mm-hmm. And this is just the beginning. This is not an end all. This is just the beginning to the deeper understandings of what's really happening. And just so I'm going to bring up that slide in just a second, Jesse. But, uh, you know, because this program is brought to you by My Liberty Stand, and we need to go in deep sometimes, and sometimes we have to tell uncomfortable stories. Today I'm going to read. Uh, and but by the way, this is a great story, Jeff. I mean, we, we got to have a little humor. We're balancing the deeper stuff that we're going into with a little humor. So we're going to kind of get you in a good mood before we <laughs> take the dive. I don't know if this is a good mood thing, but porcelain <laughs> does reflect uh, does reflect light very well, also because of the color of it uh, of your abode let's say for instance <laughs> your porcelain abode so i'm not going to read this person's name but there's a moral to the story okay uh and i'm going to read the uh, uh look it's real people Th- this is a real testimony on our shopping channel and it obviously stood out for a reason so i'm just gonna read it um let me tell you about the toilet bowl cleaner 
<laughs> this will be too much information for some. So there's your warning. My hubby has a long list of health issues. No colon is one of them. He's had a J pouch, so a colostomy bag is internal. He doesn't form a stool. It's always loose. If I could make a glue that mimicked his waist, I would be a wealthy person. I couldn't hardly chisel it off the toilet. The My Liberty Stand brand that we are offering uh, starts working the moment it touches. It has truly been a game changer for me. Sorry for the visual, but I've been fighting it for over 25 years, and I'm thrilled to have found a product that actually works. And by the way, it's all natural stuff, folks. We're not going to the chemical depot anymore. I mean, this uh, is great. You know, the reality is, is that people have struggles and challenges. And I couldn't imagine, you know, caregiving and having to, you know, it, it's literally sounds like it was a fight every day, you know, to keep that toilet bowl clean. And then imagine the, just the joy when all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, like, this is easy. It worked. Woohoo. You know, so Praise the Lord. It's, it's real life, folks. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's over 450 products and it's stuff that you're buying every single day. So instead of buying stuff that's just terrible for you, terrible for your environment, and if you want to support American and Canadian jobs, you know, uh, we have the solution for you. Go to My Liberty Sand. One of your fellow Right on radio listeners will meet with you and brilliant communities are being formed uh, by that. So, all right, Jesse, I'm yeah. going to bring up this image. There Actually. we go. So what we're looking at for the Podbean uh, audience is we're looking at a, a brilliant cut evolution. So it's a diamond guide, which you can easily find uh, on online. Just the different cuts of diamonds. Right. So like the first one, um, you know, it shows like a diamond cut where you've got kind of the triangle on top and then a triangle on the bottom. And then, you know, it goes into the different cuts. So what I want to talk about with this is we're going to start to get into the deeper, um, we'll just say the deeper elements of magic and you know, as we've been going through Initiates of the Flame, we've been bringing out some of the very important end time things. And some of those end time things revolve around the spiritual gates. So, you know, today what I'm kind of bringing forward is that, you know, everybody hears like the phrases that, you know, one of our former presidents made popular about the thousand uh, points of light a thousand points of light yes yeah and so all of that has to do with these diamonds everything revolves around them um i've brought out you know before how um in this system every individual that's born is rated kind of on a twofold scale um you know very early on in your life by age five they have decided if you are considered um, 
on the you know asset side of the system where you're an insurance policy that they're going to invest in or if you're expendable and if you're expendable then you know you're going to be used to make that system money um how they've been doing it is you know that each um each child in that who's raked with that or rated with that expendable label uh, usually, you know, is first um, makes the system profit by being used as a sex slave. Um, so used for sexual exploitation. Uh, when they can't be used for that anymore, then the people who are abusing or exploiting them can pay extra money and they can either consume or ritually kill the child or both. Um, from there, they can pay extra money and they can um, choose, you know, to either keep the trophy diamond that that child is incinerated into, or they can put that diamond on the market and sell it for mass amounts of money based on the grade, the cut. Okay, so today as we go further into that we're going to look through more of that story uh, but it's important to remember that process that this is you know the system's way it's one of their currencies um, it's their way of making money so as we go back to that chart where the cuts come in it's important um, you know we'll notice these jewels um, you know, it doesn't have to strictly be diamonds. It can be other types of jewels. So diamonds, em emeralds, rubies, sapphires, um, topaz, onyxes, they all have a significant cut and a way that they're displayed. That's very important in the system in regards to magic. Um, you know, uh, I want to look just like at that first one, the point cut, where what we basically have is two triangles sitting on top of each other. Now, if you guys think back, I've done episodes where I've drawn that exact image and I've explained the meaning behind it, that, you know, literally it represents the do dominion of man. Um, some circles, you know, it would represent land the authority the rule that man has that top circle or sorry top triangle represents the man himself the compass the v coming down the bottom the v facing up represents the chalice or the female okay so as we get more into explaining the depths of this magic later on you know, this will start to really make sense. So, you know, in those magic circles, um, you, you have to have what they call equilibrium. Uh, Manly P. Hall, a uh, few other people, Alistair Crawley, uh, made that term kind of popular. And what do they mean by equilibrium? You know, it means, you know, they describe it as you've got two forces, One's good, one's evil, one's male, one's female, one's fire, 
one's water. So think about that, Jeff. Red and blue, black and white. Red and blue, black and white. Um, So you'll always have that equilibrium within that magic use. But what is it really the access to? It's, It's really a doorway and access point. So, you know, as they create this equilibrium, they create sacred ground. Um, a space in time where they can access the spiritual dimensions. So if you pull that back up, I want to kind of just keep that up for a few minutes, Jeff. Um, So as we start to look at these diamonds, um, I'm not going to break it completely down. But what I'm going to share is that, you know, we look at that first one, just the simple two triangles with the square, okay? What that does is that is what's needed to get into the first and the second dimensions. You have two uh, points of the diamond, two refracting surfaces that can receive and reflect light. And so as they do that, they're opening that doorway with that spiritual gate, they're receiving their reflecting light. So it gives them access to that dimension. Okay, as you get into the more like, let's say we go to the single cut, if you see that full image, um, you know, all the way around, you're going to basically have six um, connecting surfaces. So what is that diamond going to give you access to the sixth dimension? Now, this also lines up these diamonds where it comes in. Um, like it gets deeper. It, it's more complicated. I'm trying to make it less complicated. Well, this is foundational with, for what right, we're going to forward. With those um, surfaces, it also connects with the octave for that dimension. So when you're talking about the sixth dimension, you're also talking about all the notes, the seven notes for that sixth octave. That's the sound the the diamond shape is going to be reflecting the light, but you also have sound. Um, so that would be the sound that we're dealing with for that. Um, so that's you know, the, the do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, do, essentially. Right. So but there's different words. Right. So then as you see, like as these cuts get more complicated, what it what happens is that you're advancing at, to the different levels, um, you know, the different realms. And so the most complicated, that top crown, that's not going to take you to a particular dimension. That one, you can pretty much travel through any dimension. So like, you know, that's important to bring out. So like the single cut we've mentioned that can get you into the sixth dimension, but it also can get you into any of the, the lower dimensions as well. So like the first, the second, the third, the fourth, you could still access those, but you just wouldn't be able to access the, higher dimensions like the seventh, the eighth, you would have to have more refracting points to get into those dimensions. Uh, Jesse, so, just because we've just brought in, we we have some new listeners who uh, this is going to be going over their heads a little bit. So just 
uh, just as a fundamental point, can you describe dimensions? Yeah, so well, both the dimensions and the spiritual gates, um, we've brought out that, you know, scripture tells us about those spiritual gates. They originally were the floodgates that were above the surface of the earth and below the surface of the earth that opened up during the time of the Noah's flood and all the water came out of them. Before that, they held water. Um, those spiritual gates then kind of serve like elevators or, you know, bullet train ley lines that, um, you know, connect from a point A to a point B. Teleporters, can, essentially. Yeah, it can be used by um, angelic or demonic beings for travel uh, among the different realms. How I would describe the realms, the easiest way to understand is kind of like a 5D chessboard. You have Earth, the surface of Earth is going to be that um, fifth dimension or that middle board. Above it, you're going to have two boards, which, you know, are the heavenly realms. And below it, you'll have two boards, which are the, uh, uh, you know, the lower realms. Um, so, you know, there's over 10 of those dimensions. Um Scripture talks about, you know, that John was taken up to the seventh heaven. Um, you know, so where was that? That was with that seventh dimension where he met with the God, where his throne room is. Um, but there are some dimensions above that. And then um, we have the dimensions under the earth. And so, you know, they're not, they're not really livable space. It's just it's space that's used kind of like an elevator to get from one place between the physical and the spiritual world to another. Um, the major or what I call the major or the big spiritual gates. Um, there's very few of those. Uh, you know, I know of seven. Um, those gates have only have vertical access. So you can use them to travel to the heavenlies, particularly the throne room of God or to the lower realms. Um, the, uh, the smaller gates travel horizontally. So, you know, you could use those to get from point A to point B on the earth. Um, so for example, like I experienced that, you know, the spiritual gate in Chicago, Illinois was connected to the spiritual gate um, at Nirschwanstein in Germany. Also, you've got the spiritual gate at Yellowstone National Park is connected to the Vatican and also Venezuela. So you could use, you know, get from point A to point B using those spiritual gates if you know the gate song and understand how to get through those gates open and close them. So that's what these diamonds are, are partly used for. Um, not everybody, you know, you can open and close those spiritual gates through singing. Um, but not everybody can sing within all the octaves. So think about individuals like Mariah Carey. You know, it was brought out that, you know, she had a five range octave and there were times yeah. she was getting close to a six, right? So, you know, 
her voice, she's able to open those spiritual gates through song all the way through those fifth, sixth dimensions. Um, a few other individuals are also able to do that. But for the average person, you usually only have a one or two octave range, and it's going to vary. You know, some people have the deeper voices, some have the higher voices. Now, the system then would, you know, that was why it was so important for them to have those boy choirs and to have the boys still be able to reach those higher high notes. Um, you know, then they could travel with a choir. They'd be able to, with multiple boys, open those spiritual gates. Um, and, you know, then they can use those diamonds as well to help aid in opening those spiritual gates. Um, so, you know, where this also goes then is that, you know, these are used to, or let me think, in several different ways. So the first way that these diamonds are used is that if you're in the system and, you know, you are traveling or um, even within your own circle, in your own covenant circle, you're going to have, um, you know, your main people that you practice magic with. But you also at times will have newbies come in, people that you want in your group, but they have to still be trained up higher. And then you'll have the older members who have been there for a very long time. So diamonds are used as a way of distinguishing your level, your place. So by the rings that they wear, you can identify what that individual's position is within their covenant circle. So you would know, you know, um, and this is, I'll, I'll define, it's particularly for those who are in the higher parts of the system who engage in Solomonic sex and blood magic. Um, so everybody at the top, Mothers of Darkness, you're going to see the rings uh, through, you know, you'll see it on the Satanic Councilman's fingers. You'll see it on the uh, Grand High Priest and Priestesses, as well as on the High Priest and Priestesses. So even as you're looking at the red rings or the blue rings that they wear, the cut is important because it tells you what level, what particular dimensions they were skilled at working. Um, so so I, I just have a question uh, right away because, you know, uh, when, when you say this, because it's somewhat of a general statement, uh, you know, people are going to be looking at uh, every every woman's hand and she has her engagement ring on and let's say it's a modern brilliant cut you know really right. refracting light it really catches your eye it doesn't mean she's in the system so right. how do we how do we mean... know which rings are which well that's a great question um you know people who buy those rings i would say you know usually those really fancy dancy cuts are very very expensive and so, you know, usually it's going to be those who we already have other signs that they are involved in the system. So, 
you know, it could be somebody who's a Hollywood star, somebody who's connected to really high levels in different types of sports that they're buying it for their girlfriend or their fiance um, or their wife, uh, people in the music industry. We know um, a lot so of them basically, basically, let's assume normal people are normal uh, to start out with. But if they have right. if they have a ring and it could be a man as well, they have a ring that's specially made and now there has some other things going on on it you know in the gold or something like that uh it might bring to uh you know bring to the forefront that uh this is a system ring uh but uh, i'm gonna redeem myself jesse from the comment i made on tuesday it doesn't matter about the cut or the price you cannot put a price (laughs) on love this is true jeff you you can't put a price on love um true love we'll say but um yeah so you know as i think what would be helpful is as people you know there's already been so many individuals that we've identified who are connected to the system like we've talked about you know the jesuit catholics we've talked about the masons um you know we've talked about hollywood and disney all of these so as you start to look at those things you know, this is just meant to kind of help you to start understanding how, you know, if you were in that system, this is how you would know your place, who you need to respect, who you don't. There's protocol for how you interact with people. So how that works is like if you're a newer member to the club, you know, and you've got this point cut, you are not going to approach somebody who's got a top crown you know cut like that person is out of your league you aren't even going to initiate a conversation with them however if they initiate a conversation with you and invite you to be closer to them then it's kind of becomes like a fellowship proposition where you're being invited in to study under that person and they're going to teach you what they know. They're going to raise you up to those higher levels. So at a lot of these parties that, you know, um, the stars go to, that's how it works that, you know, these higher level members will approach them and then bring them into this teaching relationship. Now, they may not even want to enter into that relationship, but you know, this is all about sex magic. So if you want to get to those higher levels, you have to be willing to do whatever it takes to learn from the people who are willing to teach you to get to those next levels. Um, so, you know, you can start to see in, and define okay like you know understand how this works um now it works the other way as well um you know not only is it used within your circle or other you know if you're visiting another circle for you to know who you can connect with who you can't it's also used with the beta kitty sex slaves so um you know, that's where the diamonds come in and by their diamonds, you know what level they are that, you know, 
if they just have simple cuts, nobody in that higher level, unless they are really interested in that girl and wanting to bring her up to those higher levels, they're not going to approach her. It's kind of like a brothel. Um, you know, you know, there are some girls that are for the lower level and then there's girls who are for the higher levels. So like somebody who's, you know, in the fourth dimension knows that if a girl is wearing those multi, you know, top multidimensional diamonds, they know that they cannot engage in any type of sex magic with that girl. Um, so, you know, as we get into this further, then um, I'll share what happened this morning. So, <clears throat> you know, I've Actually, shared let me, let have... me give a quick intro, Jesse, because I've been thinking about yeah. that as you were talking. Uh, and I'm going to save some pain here. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> so, essentially, Jesse fell back asleep this morning and had a dream of horrors. I'll just say it was it was a dream of horrors and we really feel that the Lord brought her through that to open up some further memories for her and and we have multiple confirmations this is from God now so I think this is very interesting that we're releasing it um, you I'll let you tell about the two people who are praying for you at the same time who gave you confirmation yeah. and plus uh, we came up with a song title when we brought out that uh, mute that we were gonna. You had mentioned. That's right. Chantilly lace. That's right, Chantilly lace. So, so what happened was, you know, before we kind of get into it, just keep the picture up. We'll say for a little bit, Jeff. But I'm gonna get into the story just a little bit. But I woke up having. Well, I'll put. Read... I'll put the. Uh, I'll put the picture back. Okay. People yeah, I had some you, health Jesse. issues and stuff. And so I woke up this morning struggling with my thyroid and um, had to pray through. So I had Terry and, or uh, we'll just say good friends, uh, praying for me, a couple of them. And um, so I finally, I did fall back asleep. But like you said, when I fell back asleep, all of a sudden, you know, I found myself in this nightmare with demonic attacks. And um, I had to literally fight through that. And I've explained to some people how, you know, with my memories, like there's a, there's a lot that I have that's on the surface, but then some of it, there's stuff that, you know, I literally just call it buried with Jesus. Um, it's things that, you know, I, I don't think about, it's not in my conscious memory, um, I've literally just kind of laid it to rest and said, okay, Lord, unless you choose to bring that forward, you know, I'm never going to pursue it. I'm not going to go down that road, not even going to think about it. So um, this was one of those things. So as I'm coming out of that dream, you know, the Lord said to me this morning that, you know, cause we've been preparing to bring forward some of the stuff about the diamonds for a couple months now. Mm -hmm. And I've been just trying to figure out like, how do I start to engage in this topic? Because it has everything to do with where we are going. Um, and so, you know, a lot of time in prayer about it. And, you know, so as you know, I know that we're 
we've been preparing, we're getting ready to bring that forward. And then this morning after that dream, as I wake up, the Lord said, don't forget to tell them about the lace. And all this flood of memories come back. Um, you know, the memories that surfed, surfaced was I remember, um, you know, Cisco was somebody who would make my clothes uh, for rituals and other things. And she loved the frilly dresses and the lacy socks, which I hated, man, don't, you know, get me started on everything I could think to do with those socks. And, you know, and uh, so anyway, I'm seeing this memory and I'm standing there, you know, she's uh, doing finishing touches on the lace on the dress and uh, she's sitting on the ground in front of me, kind of sitting on her hip with her legs kind of bent out to the side. And she had uh, the sewing, a whole bunch of sewing needles in her teeth. Like she'd just hold them there until she needed them. And so as she's like, you know, sewing and talking to me, she said, don't forget. She said, you know, remember, you know, remember this pattern. And she was pointing to the lace and she said, remember this pattern. She said, um, you have all access. They cannot touch you. Remember the pattern because you have all access. They cannot touch you. And so what the Lord wanted me to bring forward in that is that these old lace patterns uh, were often used in the girls' dresses going all the way back to the middle centuries, not just the girls. They'd be used on little boys' or men's collars as well. And the lace patterns um, are reflections of the diamond cuts. And so, you know, often, like with the Jesuit Catholics, the popes, um, they would know what level a girl was for sex magic based on the lace on her dress or her socks or on her collar. So they, that was one of the distinguishing ways for those who were lower in the system, how they would uh, distinguish who they were and who had access to who. Um, so that came out and then you know, I was telling Jeff, I was like the song, like when I was having the memory, that song Chantilly Lace just like kept going through my head. And um, so, you know, these diamonds are used so that they also know who's, you know, what child they can use, who can access the different dimension points. Um, so, you know, that's another way you can start to look through some of these old pictures, these old paintings. Um, you know, the artists would be uh, brought to come in and paint the images of the girls and the boys, the children of these hierarchy families. Uh, they would be dressed in very, you know, nice clothing. But even those little details down to the lace tell, you know, would tell people coming into that home, they would know if that child was available for sex magic or not and what level they were. So boy or girl boy or girl that's right which is then we get into the current day with the frank lloyd wright houses and the auction houses 
And that gets into one of their other main ways of auctioning, which is through the art galleries. Um, so, you know, that would be a way that they could indiscreetly, you know, look like they're selling paintings, yet the person purchasing that painting knows that they're going to get a boy or girl who's that level. And, you know, later, how do they find that boy or girl? You know, it's going to be by the clothing that they're wearing and the lace on the clothing or the diamond that they have that they're wearing, you know, as, as a necklace or as a ring. So that's how they would know who they purchased and who they have access to, to make now, that. Let's just, let's just tie all this together because we are talking about a certain person whose approval ratings are 33 now, right? Right. Uh, but also the mainstream media is actually reporting because of what's happening down at the Southern border. Right. That, that 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 person, the acting Pedotis, is actually the largest child mover. I'm going to watch the word, even though these videos won't stay up on uh, on this on YouTube. Um, they will be on our Odyssey and other platforms. Okay, I'm going to make an announcement about other props next week. But uh, he is the largest child mover in the world right now. They're saying mainstream media is saying that. Also, we know about the laptop from hell. Right. We know what was on the laptop and who is doing art shows right now. Ladies and gentlemen, it's in front of your face. It's all playing out. Uh, I'm telling you, uh, these guys are going down. God's light is going to shine and extinguish yeah. their false light. Uh, yeah. We don't know God's playbook in all of this. God speaks through his prophets, but I'll tell you, there's a lot of false prophets right now, as God yeah. instructed there would be. Okay, right. we're not going to call them out by name, because we don't know. We don't know their hearts, honestly. Um, I can tell you that. To, you know, I'm glad you brought that out, Jeff, too, because it even goes to the mosaic windows that are in the Catholic churches. And mm -hmm. it goes to the smocking, because that mosaic imagery is used for the smocking parties and, you know, so when they don't have clothing on, they would paint themselves uh, with the color showing how many different dimensions. They make it look like a mosaic, but it tells you how many dimensions they're able to access. So, um, you know, so you've got, we'll just say, you know, Anthony, he was skilled at the fourth dimension, you know, got up to the sixth sometimes as his artwork is this shows, the guy with the wiener his brother yeah yeah um you know or you know the p brothers they you know that actually totally didn't come out like i expected but hey um yeah, they, Tony and uh and yeah, yeah and they would be like in the sixth dimension you know so um so all of it's important even in those videos the things that they're making they're telling you know, they're buying, they're selling, they're advertising um, what they're doing and exploiting, you know, both the physical body as well as the spirit of these children and the individuals that they are abusing. So we need to remember that it's a multidimensional abuse, not just physical, that it continues in the spirit 
realm and with the spirit. So, Jesse, you've just given me an idea. How's your time? Do you have a few more minutes? I do. Absolutely. All right. So we're not, I'm going to honor what I said. We're not going to ruin baseball for you today because opening uh, the training camp start in March. So maybe we'll plan <laughs> towards just ahead of training camp. But we've been talking about diamonds and I want to put a picture in someone's mind. Um, let's say you have a rectangle. Okay. So we have two sides that are longer than the other two sides. And if you turn that rectangle just slightly, you have a diamond shape, right? Right. Just depends on the way you look at it. So what I want to do, Jesse, is I want to ruin church buildings for people today. <laughs> Since you mentioned the stained glass, um, let's talk about churches that have statues of Jesus in them and where the altar is and usually, you know, some of these churches, uh, just a dead giveaway where the graveyard would be in position right. to the church. Um, and so this way, when you're driving down the road and you see that beautiful church building, you can say, ah, I know what happens there. Ah. And it's some kind of magic Jesse. <laughs> That's right. Jesse told us it's some kind of magic going on. So, yeah, so this goes then into... I want to, you know, bring it back to remind people if they missed the episode yesterday with uh, Chris, you know, he, he did a presentation. I wasn't able to be there for it, but I got to read that. So, you know, it was, it was like, well, thank you. You know, this goes exactly where we're, what we've been talking about. So he brought out some things about, you know, King Arthur and um, some of the different things that the, you know, it's in the higher level teachings of the system. So I've I've learned these things. You know, I've gone through the Manly P. Hall Moral and Dogmas book. Um, I've gone through the, we call them the red leather books. So that's the first thing we're kind of kind of ruin here, people. Um, there's a significant to older books that are done and their leather binding. That also was meant to, you know, tell people that if you went into somebody's library and you went to their special selection, you would be able to know by the books that they had in the leather binding, um, what dimensions they access and what um, level of Solomonic magic they were. So, you know, a lot of the books that I studied were the red leather. So we had like the initiates of the flame, um, the red dragon, uh, then you've, you know, got Manly P. Hall's Morals and Dogmas. Um, other books that Chris brought out that align with those are like Carl Jung's, the, you know, red book. Um, so they're all interconnected. It tells you that they're for that higher level, that forbidden level, which means that you know, this is magic you don't engage in unless you are 100% all in and you are willing to take the consequences, whatever it may be, and you can be guaranteed you're going to get connected and it's going to be a high-level demonic spirit. Like, that's what you know about the red books, okay? Um, so, Jesse, just before <laughs> you move on, I hate to cut you off in the stream, but... 
as you're talking about this, it didn't dawn on me yesterday. And now I'm looking at this symbol. So I just bought a new Bible. <laughs> can you see the symbol on it? I can, Jeff. Wow. And, and yes, it's genuine red leather binding. Um, it's, it's a beautiful Bible. With the Solomonic seal right there on top, Jeff. What version is it? Is it NIV or NASB? So this is the NASB Super Giant Print Bible. So I just bought this because it has really large font in it. And it's still a red letter edition, which I really like. I don't I won't buy something without the red letters. Well, oh. disappointing. <laughs> no, this is God's word. You're gonna redeem it. Put some it's anointing oil on it. And trust that God is going to close any access points that were intended through publishers or sellers for that. I'm going to do that as soon as we are done, because that's God's word and nothing is going to take it away. Because I'm not, I'll tell you something, I'm not throwing it away. I'm not burning it. I'm not doing any of that crap. No, but they do. They do stuff like that. Yeah, because they want, you know, a lot of we got to remember, too, that these people, you know, they will have Bibles in their homes. But this is a way that they put their stamp on it, per se. It's a, meant to be a mockery towards God. Um, but I'm like you, you know. I do believe it's the unfallible word of God, and we can redeem that. And so we'll do, we'll do just that. And this originally, you know, we got to remember where it goes back to. Um, even the stuff that, you know, with Solomon around his magic um, where did that knowledge come from? It came from the wisdom that God allowed him to know these things. The Lord gave him the universal keys, showed him how everything worked, how everything was put together. Um, you know, so he wrote those in his annuals. But then, you know, instead of continuing to love the Lord, that's where his heart was drawn astray you know, yeah. into magic, he wanted to entangle at this quantum level with things that were not God. And he was led astray through that. So, um, all right. So back to the churches, let's, yeah, let's, so, let's ruin church buildings for people. So as you know, Chris was bringing out forward this information about the red books and stuff. He, um, brought forward they the way that they termed it in the research he was bringing forward was the triple crown. We'll just call it the triple crown theology. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, wait, I know this. Like, I understand this. And I was like, Lord, can I, can I use this to bring forward a massive decode for people? And the Lord said, yes. So I was really excited about it. So as he started to go through that, it, he started to bring out some of the imagery and, you know, he talked about you know, King Arthur's court, the way the Welsh would bury the kings. And so, you know, if you imagine this burial ground, you've got this square. And a lot of those, you know, um, I call them like the big open ritual areas that you have in those catacombs. You would have a big square and then you've got the walls around it. And that's where they would, you know, they would indent um, holes in those walls where they would bury the bodies. Um, so, he, you know, this research started saying, you know, the kings were always buried 
in the north wall, um, which would be at the right hand of God. Now, if you're not seeing what I'm seeing, and I'm going to share with you what I'm seeing here in a minute, like this, you know, that would just kind of breeze over you. Okay, but for somebody who grew up in those underground systems and in that, those Catholic churches, you know, what often would we find in whether it was the sanctuary or outside or inside the church, there usually always was this big statue of Jesus. And, you know, usually he'd either have his hands up or he'd have his hands like this, or he'd have his hands down and out. So okay, what I'm just going to describe that up for people listening, Podbean, she displayed her hands kind of like up to receive God yeah. sort of thing. Uh, the second position was the praying position. And the third position, Jesse? Would be like down and you're, you've you got him out, like yeah, spread so just out kind of, like you're receiving. Like you're, like you're going to carry a basket almost. Right, right. Okay. Yep. So you'd have that Jesus statue somewhere. So for those of us who uh, had joined George and I on the uh, Reveal uh, tour down in Louisiana this last year, um, when we went to that Catholic church, it was when we walked back behind it, all of a sudden, you know, there was this big statue of Jesus um, there. Okay, so this is what I'm talking about. So if you're thinking about that imagery, this is one of the places I'm kind of showing um, to show you. So um, you'd always have that statue. It doesn't have to be a big, massive one. It can vary in size. But that statue is always going to be placed in the east of wherever that middle central ground underneath is. So you'd have like the main point of that central ground, that statue is always gonna sit in front of it dead east, okay? So then if you know where that statue is, you know where their east point is below ground. So if you're looking then direct west, there usually will be some sort of marker, uh, whether it's a tree, whether um, it's a, a small building, another statue. There'll always be an above ground marker marking that Western point within that square. And that will tell you right where the altar is. That Western point is always where the altar is placed. Then you would have... Um, that northern wall is going to go kind of diagonal from wherever that western point is. And along that wall, there will be, whether it's an emblem with three placards on it, whether it's a grave that happens to have three placards or bodies in it, or uh, sometimes they would use shields. And they would have, so you've got the middle shield and then you'd have two images standing next to it. That can also be that triple crowned imagery. So wherever that is, is literally where the most valued people in that circle, their bodies are going to remain or be buried under that spot. 
so um, that's kind of the general theology. If you're looking at places, you now can identify, you know, based on those statues that you find where the altar underground is and anoint that area. And you also would then know where the, the graves are used for accessing energy through their necromancy. So you would also then know where that grave likely is. And it could even be, you know, that grave could also be represented like you might see like a, a bench with like founders names, or, you know, it could be like donated, sponsored by, um, all of that can indicate who they're accessing in the system for their necromancy. Now, it's not saying that every time you go to a park and you see one of those benches with names on it, that those are people in the system. You have to have all of the things above ground in place. Yeah, so if it's uh, a bench at a, at a graveyard on the north wall of the church. Um, right. Then it's you're going to know, okay, hey, they're going after a dude. <laughs> right, right. You'd be like, hey, there's something going on about here. And usually that, if it is a grave, um, you know, gravestone, usually you would see uh, some Solomonic seal or um, some uh, Masonic seal on it. Now, I will... I'm going to break news here. Okay. And I, I just, I'm going to not say what I want to say, but I'm going to tread very carefully. Um, I've brought out that there's some very fishy stuff going on in Arkansas, especially at the Capitol there. I would encourage people to take a significant note of the 10 commandment display that is put there. After you take a special note, you know, kind of read it like a gravestone, I would say. Um, and after you take that special note, note which quadrant, which direction it's placed at, and look at what is west of that, and think about who placed that commandment there. You know, we look at, there's been some people coming against the individual who, you know, found it so meaningful to display his faith there. Um, and, you know, some of these groups that were coming against him, people have really attacked uh, because of their particular faith. But maybe there's more to the story. Maybe there was a pointing out of things much, much deeper. And, uh, you know, I would, I would really challenge that individual you know, who put that monument there, I would challenge his faith. And maybe he did it unknowingly. You know, I'm just saying, maybe he's not aware of the full extent of that. But from what I see, um, you know, I see it lines up with a lot of things that I recognize from my childhood. And, uh, you know, I have Jesse? some concerns and questions. You know, I'm just bringing out. I've got some concerns. Okay, so it's got pillars questions. around it. But that, that's so pillars. cars don't drive into it. it. Yeah, it's it's got four pillars. Yeah, that was the first time they put it up. This is the second one. The first time they put it up, somebody did drive into it and um, 
they, so this is the second one uh, that they put up. So, you know, put it there so it can't be moved. But it looks like we do have some trees there directly behind it. Um, I haven't got to walk the ground, so I don't know what lines up perfectly directly behind it. All right. Well, give me a second. I'm going to see if I can find a uh, a different closer. You you find a closer one so people can see the front of it. All right. So what I'm encouraging people is, you know, to if you're in that area, walk the land, be in prayer, anoint it, and just know that there's probably something going on underground there. Um, that's pretty significant in the Masonic Jesuit Catholic world. So you want a close-up of the statue or do you want a wide one where we get? Uh... Well, I want to be able to see oh, the symbols. Okay, I got to show you this one. Uh, sorry, yeah. Jesse. I want to this... point out the symbols on it. Uh, well, uh, you you might not like that I'm showing this one. uh okay do it with gusto jeff we're just going big today right <laughs> well okay we've, we've made the disclaimers you know that uh how's that yeah no that's great so can you get a close-up of that of the commandments though and the symbols on there um okay well i'll have to get another picture so that one has the Baphomet uh, with the uh, with a, a boy and a girl looking up towards the uh, the goat head, and it's beside uh, in the picture. It's right. It's right by the uh, the Ten Commandments. Yeah. So and why that why that picture is there is because the group that had things to say about the Ten Commandments, you know, felt that they should be able to. You know, if the statue of the commandments could go up, they felt that they should be able to put a statue of their faith up there as well. Um, so that was what they had brought uh, to put on the ground there. Um, you know, so really as we look at- Close up of it. Yeah, as you get a good close up, you know, what do you see right smack dab above the wings? Now this is significant as people search that, um, there's a symbol for Crowley magic. Often he would have the Egyptian wings and the all-seeing eye would be stationed above the Egyptian wings um, right at the chest point, like people who got that tattoo would be right at that chest point and then you'd have the eye above and the wings here. So what do we see right in the center, in the middle of that statue or that uh, Ten Commandments display, we see the sign for Crowley magic. Uh, also, you will find the Solomon stars on it. We have the all-seeing eye. Now, no With offense. The rays of light around it. The, yeah, the seven rays of light, you know, well, 13, I think, are might have a few more than there, that. That's a, that's a better picture. I, I can't get it to. Yeah, I won't get into reason. the paisleys today, but let's just say the little frilly looking stuff around it. Hey, that's got significance too. And then going down, 
on the sides, you've got the old mirror portals, you know, the old ancient wood mirrors would have the little uh, circular knobs on them. And so witches could access those, access different points from those. Um, so, you know, no offense, but, you know, this well-intentioned individual who placed that there, you know, as somebody who came out of that system, I'm sitting here thinking, what the heck does the word of God have to do with all of these things that are telling me? Well, because they use the God. word of God because it has power in it. That's why. And, well, and by you're the way, right. it's a protector because, you know, as, as George and I bring out on our show, even doing these high level spells, hexes, magic, whatever it is, you will go through a cleansing process. Uh, even Brian Cole has brought out that, you know, what brought him to Christ was when he opened up the Bible to a psalm and it was the cleansing psalm that he would read before he did magic, right? So they they connect with God for protection before they get into the black magic. So you know, and again, these, they Jesus, want babies born again at or essentially the spark of God to come into them. They read the word of God to babies, you know. Uh, so they, I think it's around the eleventh month that that spark of God really comes in as they start to understand the word of God, and it's right. only so that's the only way kids will live through the stuff they put them through. So they connect to God for protection. They do every way. So you're right. So that Eastern uh, point is, is very significant. That's where, um, you know, the major uh, Polaris is going to be at the North or along that Northern wall. So that's going to be where the energy pole is coming through. Um, through necromancy, through sex magic. So that's going to be the area if, um, you know, if we're looking underground, um, if we have an identified nest where, you know, children are being harmed, um, the rooms, everything is going to be along that northern side. So in a ritual, that's going to be the spot where, um you know, things will be taking place with that magic to create that energy, then it's going to be directed to that center point and that they're going to have that grounding through the Jesus statue, the protection spells. Um, so all of that is very significant. And uh, so, so you just said something there, Jesse, that I don't think people have the context to, and it's something I just learned. Uh, you said they're going to have the Jesus statue there for grounding. Yes. Explain that to our audience. And you've got to remember the position, because just like when they do these rituals, these ceremonies, everyone stands in very, everything has to be done in perfect order. And so they do as, as above, so below. Okay. You got to remember that. Right. Remember the diamond shape. It's the triangle going up and then the triangle going down. You know, I hope someone doesn't screenshot me and say Illuminati <laughs> just from doing that. Like, honestly, people are sick. But, um, uh. but you know, so you got to remember, you got to, all this stuff plays in. So what, how is the statue grounding or part of the magic, even if it's a statue of Jesus? Right. So as, as you're engaging in that magic, you aren't just, um, you know, pulling energy from, 
the earth uh, realm or yeah, we'll just call it the realm, the earth dimension, you're pulling from other dimensions. So you are going to have spiritual beings present from those other dimensions. Um, what happens if you don't control that energy, um, you know, too much, or we'll just say too dark, it causes death. So there has to be a control, um, you know, so that becomes the grounding point so that you're not getting like this mass amount of energy flowing into your body or out of your body. Um, you put it through a neutral ground first, um, also known as ground zero point. And, uh, you know, it, because you always will have this compression and depression in energy. Um, so that neutralizes instead of like, you know, if you were just to, if you didn't have that grounding point, it's comparable to like, if you had a lightning bolt hit you or you grabbed a, you know, a, a plug that was actively plugged in, that current is just going to keep flowing in that mass amount. And as it does, it's going to destroy because it's a fire. Um, but if you have a grounding, it controls and then it takes some of that energy or pressure away from you and therefore you get the grounding. And so don't forget when we did that uh, show on uh, Ye Beebs in Maryland doing their uh, their prayer to God, they're all wearing rubber boots, folks. You can't right. make this stuff up. Those usually are not approved attire in a ritual, but I take it there had to be a reason for it, you know, but usually you're going to be barefoot and there was well, a reason. Bare. They a lot of them, they're bare. Yeah, there was a reason they weren't. They weren't wanting whatever energy was coming. Like basically they were sending energy out um, instead of receiving energy, because if they were receiving, they would have been barefoot connected to the ground and pulling energy from that ground and then sending it out. But either they were directly receiving and they didn't want it going out or they were well, the, just sending out. But the three yeah. of them together were certainly using their star power. Definitely using that star power. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jesse, we're going to talk more about the uh, the King Arthur stuff tomorrow. We're going to do a little bit more of a follow-up on uh, on yeah. the military analyst. By the way, when she said Chris, she meant the military analyst. Uh, some of you know that better because that's the cover art that we use. His name is Chris, uh, but we call him the military analyst, and he did a show on Wednesday. That's what she was referring to. We're going to talk more about that tomorrow. Podbean exclusive and... We are going to give away courses on Right On You live on air. So you have to be there live if you want to win. And, uh, and what time is that tomorrow? Jesse, what time should it be for you? Anytime's good. I think, you know, usually around 12 or 1 is when we've been doing those. 
We were doing them at 12 originally. Uh, we switched to one o'clock with uh, the military analyst just because of his schedule. But let's do it tomorrow at 12 noon. That's Eastern Standard Time. So if you're on the left coast, it's going to be uh, 9 a.m. And if you're in Singapore, <laughs> it's one in the morning. Sorry, ladies. <laughs> we, we could pick their time next time you know make it easier <laughs> we can do an early one in the morning which is uh good the evening for them and uh yeah listen and we have a lot of people in australia new zealand uh, tasmania you know uh, and even in in europe so it, this this particular time works good for our people in the uk at least so yeah. listen we really do try to serve everyone and that's why we do these impromptu chats at different times of the day because on our uh, telegram channels we'll have you know depending where you are in the world that, that kind of determines what time you're on uh in some cases yeah. as well right so Absolutely. hey don't forget to hit the like button uh make sure that you do join us live on podbean exclusively tomorrow it will be 12 o'clock eastern standard time uh, these videos will not stay up on youtube all we're leaving up on youtube is ministry videos mind you jesse last time they took our channel away that's all that was there was ministry videos so <laughs> that's right. um, if they really want to come against the word of god then uh we'll let them do it but we're not going to give them these excuses to do this so uh any final words jesse i think we're good this week yeah we'll see you tomorrow at noon and that sounds like a good plan it'll be a yeah. good time all right. Remember, love your God, love your family, love your neighbor, and make a difference in your community.